what I wanted to emphasize on that is priorities because I was I'm telling you not making a lot of money if any but I made a, after that week of going to yoga and seeing you know this mind-body connection that I could um, embark on I was like okay there is no way that I cannot go like there's there's not an option for me not to do yoga I have to I literally have to do yoga You're listening to Mystic Podcast, hosted by Lena and Daniela of Mystic Home. We created this podcast to share our passion of empowering people. We want to encourage you to find and connect with your own abilities and inner strength. Our aim is to help you breach the gap of being human and connect with your spiritual self. And by sharing our own experiences and reflections, we open up the conversation for mystical ideas and how to integrate them in our human lives. Uh, to mystic podcast yeah great to be here again i should say again and again again because i came today we're at danielle's place in the last episodes we've been recording at my place but then of course first i forgot the mics then i forgot like the cords and so i was back and forth and thankfully we live really close to each other i was just thinking that i was like i'm so happy that we live so close to each other because otherwise that biking back and forth it just becomes that would be crazy annoying because last week or two weeks ago when we had a meeting i forgot a couple of times mm-hmm. um i forgot a couple of things so i also i also had to to bike back mm-hmm. and that was just like when you're in a meeting in the middle of something and everything is going great and all of a sudden it's like oh i just gotta go back home because yeah. i forgot so yeah <laughs> but now we're here and we're really happy that you're here with us as well so this topic we're going to talk about today was requested by several people, actually. Yes, which, it was. Yeah, which might not be that strange. No, because what we're talking about earlier is that a lot of people know us through yoga, which yeah. is the topic today. Mm-hmm. Um, is the first thing that people, I think, think of us when they when they think about what we do. Yeah. And... I will be really interesting to hear how yoga came into your life and, and to share my my piece of the puzzle and how I mm-hmm. came into yoga and what yoga is to me now, which has changed so much yeah. from from before. For sure, for me as well. And I think started. for a lot of people it will change and that's the beauty of yoga. It's not just one thing. Yes. So. Well, thank god it is not just one thing (laughs) yeah but many many times when people think about yoga i think they have this vision of what it is and or what it's supposed to be yeah and how you're supposed to be if you're a yogi or yogini like what that word entails Mm. or how you're supposed to behave yeah what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. and what that practice is supposed to bring into your life Mm -hmm. or out of your life yeah the stereotypes and I remember before I started doing yoga, I was one of those people that thought it was like sitting down, meditating or stretching or something that was not for me. Now that you mentioned that, I actually came to mind the very first time that I came in contact with yoga. And this was back when I was living in Miami with Mm -hmm. my mom and my sister. And actually, a friend of my mom's was living with us. 
-hmm. And she was very into holistic and alternative medicine. And she used to go to yoga. And I remember she asked me one day, do you want to come? And it was at the gym. Like she used to go to the classes at the gym. Mm -hmm. And she told me one day, do you want to come with me and check it out? I had literally no idea of yoga my friends didn't talk about yoga I've never listened to anything so I had no idea I thought it was like a stretching class Mm -hmm. how old were you at the time how old was I I think it was probably I don't know 17 okay yeah so I I go to this class and I I found out that I'm actually, it was actually pretty flexible, but it was so weird because it was so silent and mm-hmm. we stayed for in the shapes for such a long time. And I was beginning to wonder like, okay, um, I'm in it. <laughs> now what? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked it. I just, I just don't think I was ready for, for yeah. the practice, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I even said, I want to come back, but I just had so much going on at the time, you know, with, partying yeah <laughs> like you do and when you're 17 like you in Miami 17. um so I just I didn't think that I was ready but I definitely knew that I wanted to come back to the practice at some point and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it and then the the way I came back <laughs> the way I came back to the practice was when I moved to to LA and when I moved to LA everybody talks about yoga it's Mm -hmm. everywhere it's part of the lifestyle it's such a big huge thing Mm -hmm. in LA so I began by working at this restaurant by the beach and it was so busy all the time like we it was really hard work and one of the one of my co-workers said hey this other server she goes to yoga and she said that it really helps with the stress and I mean when I moved to LA when I was like 21 Mm -hmm. and I mean you think about like how stressed you know how much stress can a 21 year old have but literally we were so so tired and it's a lot of like demand of customer service when it comes to the um to the restaurant industry so I was just coming into that and in such a like demanding um how do you say like um yeah demanding industry so it was I was like I'll take it just give me whatever can give me some peace of mind because I'm just so tired all Mm -hmm. the time and I I feel like I need to like breathe and also not only that but the other reason why I didn't say it but did you go to school as well at that time or you were working I was going no I was going to school for advertising at the time Mm -hmm. and I was working Mm -hmm. So going to school and working. But one of the re- one of the things though that actually I was I thought about when they told me to go to yoga, but I didn't say it was to because I I've had, you know, I don't know if people maybe of course the listeners don't know that I've had an accident on my left left side, left leg when I was seven years old and I lost my heel. So I have like um a skin transplant from my calf Mm -hmm. all the way down to my heel so my heel is not as strong as you know the skin of a heel which is Mm -hmm. you know made to just walk barefoot but I have instead my calf so my heel is really really sensitive and not only it is sensitive but because when they do the the 
the skin graft, which mm-hmm. is the, the transferring of the skin to the heel, I became a taller, taller on one mm-hmm. side and lower on the other. So my hips are not leveled. Yeah. And because of that, I also had a lot of knee pain um, and luckily not a lot of back pain, but leg pain, like Mm -hmm. my legs hurt and my knees hurt and things like that, especially because I was, you know, partying like we talked Mm -hmm. about and going out in heels and things like that. So I was always when I would go out and have fun, the next day I will have to lay in my bed. Um, unable to walk for many different reasons for many different (laughs) reasons of course but one of them was (laughs) one of them was because I literally couldn't get up from bed Um, so then when when they told me this other server is going to yoga and it helps with her with her mental state I thought well what if it actually helps with my heel because I'm really not only mentally tired but I'm physically exhausted and I knew that I didn't know how long I was going to be able to do. I was the hostess at the restaurant Mm -hmm. and he was, you know, standing for eight hours straight because that's like our shifts, eight hour shifts, seven hour shifts. And I didn't know how long I was going to be able to sustain that job because I was in pain all the time. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped. People ask me like, why did you stop partying? Why did you stop drinking? And I think I kind of stopped partying, not because I wanted, but because I had to. Mm -hmm. Like I had to stop going out all the time. I had to like restrain from a lot of things because I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. And I remember when at some point I say like, I'm in pain every single day. And I don't, I think that back then it just became such a, like that's how it was. That's how it was. And I didn't think that it could have been better that when I started going to yoga and I saw like the shift of mm-hmm. of how I was like, well, I guess you don't have to be in pain all the time. It's strange when you get used to pain because you do. Like you with do everything and then you else. don't think it's a big deal. And yeah. it's, I mean, you do think it's a big deal, but you just kind of get into that like this is how it is now. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so I went to yoga and I realized that and I, I can really tell by the way my plank like uh-huh. evolved <laughs> mm-hmm. because the first time I went to I went back to yoga after you know not going for when when I was in the restaurant and I went back and I the teacher says and plank and I was just shaking I was like <laughs> oh my god and he felt like we were there for a, like a five minutes straight mm-hmm. I couldn't and then by a week because I got this like intro week mm-hmm. intro and by the end of the intro I was able to like have a plank mm-hmm. and think and breathe. Yeah. And I just thought that was the most incredible thing in the world because it's being able to carry yourself. Yeah. How you present yourself in the world. Um, because I was, again, in a lot of pain and I was always kind of like in this, in this idea of like just carrying that with me and not being able to carry myself. Mm-hmm. And being weak in so many areas of my body that when yoga showed me, no, but you can actually be strong. And it's not that I've never worked out because I've always been a very active person. I've done volleyball, soccer, um, I've gone to the gym. But it was also a combination of physical strength Mm -hmm. and mental awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what was so incredible about this because I was like, wait a minute, I'm opening up my mind to the possibility that I'm stronger than I think. And also my body is responding to that idea. Mm -hmm. So that combination was mind-blowing. Yeah. I think that's a great metaphor for yoga. It's like 
way to carry yourself through a life. Yeah. Because how you carry yourself, like it's from the inside out and the outside in. Like mm. it's the whole package. It is. And many times I think people, when they start getting into yoga, they just can sense that it's a difference between yoga and other types of like working out. Yeah. Or getting strong. Because they're like, there is something happening on the inside as well. It is. So, yeah. Mm. So it's the and body and mind. I remember back then, because I was in a hostess salary, mm-hmm. um, I could not afford a lot of things. And especially when I moved, actually when I moved from Miami to LA, like financially, that was devastating because I realized how expensive the world is yeah. <laughs> and how expensive it is to live and to survive it's even to survive but did so, you go by yourself or did your family also go to LA no it was just me yeah it was just me but I had an aunt I have an aunt to live in LA and she opened up her her house to me so mm-hmm. I was living with her so that mm-hmm. was a really good thing because housing in LA is incredible incredibly expensive mm-hmm. but I stayed with her for a very long time and she really she was like an angel because she helped me so much yeah um and those when i was just like crying like i can't make this happen this is so hard but that what i wanted to emphasize on that is priorities yeah. because i was i'm telling you not making a lot of money if any mm-hmm. but i made a, after that week of going to yoga and seeing you know this mind body connection that i could um embark on i was like okay there is no way that I cannot go. Like there's there's not an option for me not to do yoga. Mm-hmm. I have to. I literally have to do yoga. Because otherwise I don't know where my life or my physical body is going to end up. So on like making absolutely no money, I managed to somehow prioritize mm-hmm. a yoga membership, which is really, I mean, by the way, it's expensive. Like it's Very not, a, it's not a, a, a cheap thing to have. Uh, and I was going to core power at the way at the at the uh, at the time. That's how I started. So I prioritize my my health mm-hmm. and my life, and I paid for for the membership, and and then that's how I started yoga. Mm-hmm. And so you were about twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. How did your heel work, like, then in, in the beginning? like How did you How did heel? you manage mm. with your heel? Well, the thing is, the thing is that at the time, I didn't, I didn't think of myself as weak, in mm-hmm. a sense, like, on that left heel. I always treated my right and my left just equal. Mm-hmm. I, and it's still, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not perfect at it. And it's still, I try to, in my mind, there is nothing that I should carry more for, uh, I treat them equally, which I shouldn't because, of course, there is an injury and mm-hmm. there is a more a need of care on one side of my body than the other. But back then, I did, you know, a strong the warrior on the right side, a mm-hmm. strong the warrior on the left side. And that eventually caught up. I think yoga has a way to cut up to you yeah. and to, to show you a lot of things. Um, but at the moment, um, I didn't really thought much about the heel, but it was about... Um, because my legs got stronger they knew Mm -hmm. how to carry the weight and you know in tree pose when you have to balance yourself out so I understand how to shift the weight from here to there Mm -hmm. how to breathe to be able to walk a little bit better so I think it was not like an impact so 
much specifically on the heel it was in the, my whole body yeah. and how it carried itself out mm -hmm. to be able to compensate mm -hmm. for for the lack of of that strongness and that foundation on the left heel mm -hmm. yeah yeah the body has a strange way of doing that yeah and for the first time i was i was you know i was so fit yeah <laughs> without having because i you know i have to say you guys i i don't love the gym i mean i i and but these days though i do it all the time but it's not like i i love going to the gym mm -hmm. i i thought it was so boring before but yoga i was like i go there and i it's so good i feel so good i love it i'm mm -hmm. obsessed with it and i have the the add-on of getting a nice figure and, and yeah. feeling good about myself mm -hmm. and looking good mm -hmm. so that was fun yeah i remember because uh, i did start my um, my practice in the states like really practicing there so anytime i came home to back to sweden my friends would say like oh my god there's something different about you like you're glowing it wasn't like of course they could see i was much more fit like I, my body was super healthy in many ways and you know because you're carrying yourself like you said like you're carrying yourself so carrying the whole body and the whole body weight and all that you are but they could see like you're shining what do you do and i'm like oh i do yoga feel like oh oh i want to try that yoga thing and i think that's the best way for so many times when people start doing yoga they want like everyone else to experience what they're experiencing so they try to push people like you have to come to yoga you have to come to yoga and i think yoga is one of those things you have to be ready for it yes and <clears throat> you can inspire people by just doing what you do like be you and by and i don't believe you, that's can... specifically to yoga only but i've also come to understand that the ins like when we get inspired is not for somebody telling us what to do mm -hmm. when we get inspired is when we see somebody shining glowing yeah. owning authentically showing up to the world and you're like whoa i want I, what what are you doing yeah. let me do it mm -hmm. so it's inspiring others is about taking care of yourself yeah and that could be through yoga or through any yeah any anything sure. i mean doing what you love or yeah you know however that of course you, you want to invite people into your space but yeah people will come so if you start practicing yoga and you really want your family members to come or your friends to come you can see how much they would benefit of course like inspire them or like invite them to something that might be less intimidating like some something fun like a fun event or something like that but don't push people to do it mm. i think that might have the opposite effect and just because yoga also something to think about when we want now that you said your friends your partner your mom your dad like those people that are really close to you and you you're like i just i want you to come to yoga because i know that it would be so good for you mm -hmm. and it could be really good for them but also to know that because yoga has done so much for us doesn't mean that it also would do the same for other people so because we all have we all have our journeys and perfectly designed to get to where we need to go to the things that we need to learn and that we need to be in our lives will come so when we trust that then it's okay if they don't come to yoga with you or they don't come to yoga today or tomorrow and perhaps they cannot be with you in that path mm -hmm. but trust that they are on their path and that you are on yours yeah and as long as you keep on doing your yoga then you know you're inspired mm -hmm. and maybe bring them in yeah for sure I remember, I just want to share something that came up. I remember one of the things 
because of David, my partner. I mean, he does yoga. He he doesn't really like the styles I teach. He likes Bikram yoga a little bit more, uh, which I respect. But at the beginning, I wanted him to just like to love yoga as much as I did and to be this yogi and, and to do partner yoga together. Like I wanted him to to have this that I have mm-hmm. and to be what I am. And I remember talking to um, a healer in Bali and we had this conversation about where that was coming from. Like why did I wanted to impose this on him and why it was so important for me in our relationship that he was a yogi. Mm-hmm. And then I remember her saying, well, if you are so yogi and so spiritually awakened, why are you in like, why are you imposing that on him? Like, why are you mm-hmm. not trusting his journey and seeing him for what he is? Like, why are you trying to fix him? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's, it was a projection of, mm-hmm. of trying to fix myself and trying to be this person and trying to be perfect. It's like, let's come back to all this is just a projection of you so what is actually happening within you so I just want to share that because I think it's important and it was such a like uh, oh let me take a step back and look and see why do I want other people to do what I do and why do I want other people to get fixed and and get better and change it's like yeah of course because I care for them Mm -hmm. but most of these projections have and say something about ourselves and our journey and where we are yeah yeah, and I think it's that was great advice. And I think meeting people where they are and yeah. remembering we're not like just because I like licorice doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah, and it doesn't make you like a bad person. No, and maybe you, you like chocolate, you yeah. like you do. I do. I do <laughs> like chocolate, and I so, don't like licorice. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really like chocolate, but I love sure. licorice. But you know, we all it's have so our funny. things. Our, just we're like, just really different. Yeah, we're so love. different. But yeah, and just respecting that, okay, this is not better or my way might not fit you because we are we are unique and we have to see the uniqueness in others and appreciate that. And then with that, learn mm. about ourselves and others. But mm. yeah. Um, how but did in, you? Yeah, into anyway, yoga? getting back into to the yoga thing. Um, and so I grew up playing soccer. Like, not high-level anything, but soccer was my big thing growing up. So I played from I was 7 or something, maybe, until I was Until you were, 15, sorry, say that 16, again? From I was 7, seven. I think I was 7, mm-hmm. uh, until I was, like, 15 or 16. And then, like, a lot of the girls on my team were a little bit older, so then, you know, they got more involved with school and, you know, boys and everything else. So then the team was scattered, and I tried to, like, join other teams, but... It's really hard, you know, a group of girls that might have played together since they were the same age as I was. And then coming in there and like, hey, I want to join this team. Like, it's very hard. So I stopped playing. And then, of course, I got in more into like school and other things and friends and partying and all of that. So then I stopped. But then years and years later, um, I had some friends that they're like, oh, you should come to this yoga thing. I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's for me. And they're like, no, 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 it's really like, it's crazy. It's really hot there. And it's like 40 degrees Celsius. And, you know, it's it feels like you're going to die, but then you don't. <laughs> and it's, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit intrigued. So I went, so I went to this Bikram class at Hot Yoga Malmo. Um, 
And yeah, I thought I was going to die, but I didn't. So I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I went a couple of times, like I got into a little bit, but not like super hooked as some other people become like doing a Bikram yoga. But I'm like, I liked it. I went for a little bit, but not definitely not like every day or things like that. But anyways, and then I moved to the States and I'm like, okay, I need to do something like for working out. So then the latest thing I had been doing was Bikram yoga. So I'm like, I found a studio in the middle of the city and I heard about it before that it was pretty, uh, like a pretty good studio. Because um, sometimes in the States with the hot yoga places, just have to say this, like they have like the system there for like ventilation and things, like it's a little bit weird. <laughs> like it's dripping from the ceiling and then it's like, it's not hardwood floor. It's some kind of carpet and it smells. So I'm like, oh. So I heard all of these horror stories. And I have been to a couple of places like that. But this Me was too. a this was a nice place. Mm. So I went there. And then one of my friends, she said, oh, you know, you should come to the studio where me and my, my boyfriend goes. So I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And so it was a vinyasa class. It was super hard and I didn't understand anything. I'm like, oh, it's a whole choreography and I don't get it. <laughs> And I'm not, like, I've never been a dancer, gymnast, or any of that. You know, I was a soccer player. It's pretty much running after a ball. It's not that hard. <laughs> so I'm like, this is super hard. And I tried it once, and I was going home over. We had the Christmas break. So I went home, and when I came back, so my friend, she's like, oh, you should go to this place close to your your house. They have this 20-pack uh, deal. So I'm like, Okay. So it was a Groupon or something. So I got it. The place was called Stroga. It was this beautiful space. Here in Malmo? No, this was in D.C. Oh, in D.C., okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right by uh, Adams Morgan, for those of you that are from there or have been there. Um, it was a, like a ballroom. So it was a high ceiling. It was big windows. It was on the second floor. Chandeliers in the ceiling. The room wow. probably took like, I have to show you pictures. And maybe we can put it up on our... Uh, or um, Instagram, so people can see it. It's beautiful. Um, they had chandeliers and everything. So, so I went there, and when I do something, I do it like a hundred percent. So I went to those twenty classes, and then I was hooked. And for me, at the time, that's what I needed. Like I needed to get out of my head. Like you said, you were stressed at your job. I was stressed in school because I was doing my masters and I was writing my thesis. So when I went there for that hour, 75 minutes, 90 minutes, that's when I'm like, oh my God, I thought about something else or didn't think about anything for this amount of time. This is wonderful. So yes, it was physical, but more so like the the quiet or the quiet space in my head. Mm-hmm. That's what I... That's what you noticed the me. most? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, I thought it was cool. And like we were doing arm balances and all of that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is cool. So, yeah. So then ever since you've done yoga. Yeah, then I was hooked. Mm-hmm. So eight months after I started, eight months or so, I, the director at the studio, she's like, oh, you know, we're holding our teacher's training. I'm like, oh, cool. She's like, yeah, and I think you should join it. I'm like, What? I'm like, no. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> like, okay, yes, of course. I was so flattered. Thank you, Angela, for getting me into that. 
so yeah and then I did a teacher's training over the course of eight months and yeah and in that program as well everyone got a mentor and that was someone and I think that's a pretty good idea especially in the states where there is so much yoga mm. and you don't know what to do like after how do you get a yoga job like all of that um and to have someone there to support you and like okay what do you do and how should you do it what types of studios should you reach out to mm. and whatever so my mentor Mimi Rieger she she was the one that paved the way for me like getting yoga as like my my profession and my passion and my everything so mm. I have her to thank for a lot so shout out to you Mimi <laughs> Um, I remember now that you shared how you how you came into the yoga teacher training I remember it was this was never ever in my mind but I thought it was so cool that they teachers had different energies that mm -hmm. depending on the teacher that you go to you feel differently and that some of them are good in certain things and some of them are not and other things and like their uniqueness would shine through their teachings And not only they would shine through their teachings, but also to get to know, okay, this teacher is not for me. And that teacher mm -hmm. is. And that person is sharing this message this way and he really gets. And the other person can share the same message and maybe perhaps doesn't get to me. So understanding that it, for me was so fascinating how somebody can shine through in so a different way. And, you know, to get up there and just to talk to people in such a powerful manner and guide them through, it's like a story. Mm -hmm. Like each yoga class, it's like a story, mm -hmm. like a chapter of your, whatever it is that you're working on that day. So I just thought it was so powerful. And I remember I admire so much um, the teachers and, and, and because so this you know when I moved from Colombia going back a little bit mm -hmm. when I moved from Colombia to Miami um we talked about this I didn't know any mm -hmm. any English at all so then when I moved in Miami everybody talks Spanish so when I moved to LA is when I started to use English as my main language but it's still you know It, I could communicate and all these things but my language was just still very basic mm -hmm. so you know I've never thought to be able to have this anatomy terms and to talk about you know the philosophy and to talk about dharma or just to have a, a dharma talk mm -hmm. with my basic English um so for me it was like, not let's even let's go to the park yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> um breathe in breathe out <laughs> but for me it was just like I, would, I don't I don't think it's for me like I would never be able to to go up in front of first of all to go up in front of people have this confidence and also you know have them to understand what I'm trying to say because yeah. even my friends all the time are like what are you talking about so like, like what are you saying and they ha I have to repeat and try to say things again So, but I remember that I admire one of the teachers and I, so, so much. And I said, well, she's kind of my age. I mean, she's not mm -hmm. that old. She's kind of my age and she does it so well. And she had this ability to, to make you feel like it's not a big deal and to mm -hmm. make you feel like don't take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. um, have some fun with it. And for me, because I take, I'm, 
I grew up like an old lady. I think we talked about this. Like mm-hmm. I, I've just been like this old lady my whole life. So it's hard for me to have fun sometimes, like to to not take things too seriously because I always come in as this like wise old woman. And mm-hmm. then sometimes for me, it's like, no, I remember you're a kid. Yeah, in a, in a young girl's <laughs> remember, body. Yes, remember you're a really uh, just a kid. So she remind me of that. It's like hey it's okay to make me she made mistakes in classes all the time and I was just so happy for that because I'm like mm-hmm. oh she's not perfect and she mm-hmm. makes mistakes and it's okay mm-hmm. so she made it accessible in a way like her way of teaching made me think maybe I can do this mm-hmm. and I don't remember at what time or what happened that I was like maybe I do mm-hmm. and then um when I made that decision my of course, I didn't have money at the time. So my aunt, she's like my my dear angel. Uh, she lives in Colombia. And then she was the one that she said, okay, if you want to do it, I'll send you the money and you can do it. Mm-hmm. So, But it was interesting. I, what I want to share uh, a light on is that, you know, we always think about our teachers and they're so wonderful and we admire them so much. And we think that we we cannot be them or they, uh, they are more, we're just the same. Mm-hmm. And if yoga and yoga teacher training is something that you want to do then the only thing that is stopping you is your own mind Mm -hmm. it's your own preconceived ideas that you cannot but you can yeah but I want to say that too what's going to help you the most and what I tell my teachers trainees that was going to help you the most or was going to make you a good so to say teacher successful teacher because there's so many teachers is for you to find your truth and share it. Yeah. Because you have to share you. Because people don't come to classes because you have funky sequences or you do you never do anything wrong or you say the right things. Like people come for what you have to share. Yeah. And how you can make other people feel is not what you can do or you know, oh, I would never be able to teach an advanced class because my practice isn't advanced. I'm like, well, when you can teach posture you can't do yourself, you know you're a good teacher. Yeah. So I'm always the most happiest when I've been teaching a class with postures I can't do myself. And I can see my my students. Yeah, I can see my students just like light up. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. I have a question for you. So yoga... And I think yoga evolves so much within us. And there's so many, you know, there's eight limbs of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and they manifest differently in our, in our, in many people come to yoga for the physical, mm-hmm. uh, for the asana practice to begin with. And then they start to tap into other um, limbs of the yoga. But the evolution of your practice like you you can talk to somebody that just started and you can talk to them five years after and five years after that and they're going to tell you that yoga is a completely different thing Mm -hmm. to them at the time that's evolved and changed so for you what do you think is yoga to you now like how does that change from the moment you started to Mm -hmm. what it is now and i think i think that's a beautiful thing if people do see it differently Mm -hmm. if I ask someone that's been practicing for five years or ten years and they see it the same way I would be a little bit surprised (laughs) yes like oh really how did that come about um no for me like it was for the physical part but physical but the connection between the physical and the mental for sure like I wanted that breather in my brain my brain is very high speed and always like thinking 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 Mm. um 
and I like being physical like I have a, a pretty strong body it likes to move it likes to to do things but yeah it was very physical I did sometimes I did two classes a day like physical asana practices and I was practicing vinyasa power yoga rock yoga and different types of advanced classes jiva mukti ashtanga all of the like yang hard hardcore classes and I loved it and then it's changed for sure um also since the move from the states to Sweden just finding teachers and then making yoga my profession and my you know my dharma my life's calling um it has changed a lot um, and I think that's something to know also if you want to get into yoga and do it as a profession your own practice is going to suffer so to say because um, if you're teaching let's say five o'clock six o'clock seven o'clock or early mornings like it's hard to go practice at times of course you can find the time but your, your practice will change um so I think the practice will change yeah yeah either way like either way if you're just practicing or if you're teaching and practicing it's going to change like your relationship time. to the practice changes. yeah and i think i was holding on to that a lot in the beginning because that was the answer and i think it is for many people you're scared of letting that go because you get so much out of it and you feel so good and then you're uh, afraid of losing it. So I'm always trying to tell people that's practicing a lot. I'm like, well, maybe you should try to take a step back. Because what if you would walk down a slippery street in the winter and you break your leg and you can't practice? How would you feel? So or you can't practice the asana practice. Exactly. You have to practice yeah, the others. So. Exactly. Uh, teaching people how to bring the yoga outside of the mat. I think that's very, very important to like see beyond asana practice like what it gives you like like today for example when i forgot like the cords and the mics and you know of course another day i might be upset if i would be on my period or something but today i'm like okay i forgot them i'll go get them and then i forgot the cord i had to go get it. i'm like well <laughs> that's okay you yeah. know it's not the end of the world um and one big shift i saw like this was actually when I was doing a lot of like asana practicing yoga, yoga, yoga in that sense. But if I was waiting for the bus, if the bus was late, I could be so frustrated before. And if people came on, they were going to put the coins in the machine. I'm like, what the really? Just go. <laughs> and then I could People see, got it somewhere to Yeah. Because all the teachers I went to, they were talking about like, oh, you should see the yoga outside of the mat. I'm like, what the do they mean mm -hmm. i'm like i don't get it give me the answer give me the answer they're like it's going to come like a like a guru sitting there is like it's going to come just wait and see i'm like <laughs> just wait ah, for the calling just give me the answer please but then i started seeing the shift like how i reacted to different situations and well if the bus was late i couldn't control it so that was fine you know i started accepting things more but so it went from asana practice to like then starting to work with yoga like it became my profession and then what I wanted to share and then it's hard also like like I said like going to classes it's even though I love 
love, love yoga and I still love to practice. Sometimes it's hard for me going to a studio where I work or where I have worked or where where I know a lot of people. Because then I can't come... Just as a student. As a student. Like I can't... I can't just be me. Because sometimes like yoga for me is like very much going into myself and it's like my practice, my time. But then going to studio... I don't want to seem like a rude person to all my students that because of course they're like oh hey so great to see you and they want to chat and of course like I would probably do the same with my teachers but you start forgetting that okay this is their free time so when I come there maybe I don't want to talk to people <laughs> but then it's this divide within me like I don't want to be rude but maybe I don't want to talk to people because I have a bad day or whatever it is and I want to or it be... Is just, it doesn't have to be because it's a bad day. It's okay to have your day. Yeah. Yeah, it could be I'm, I'm super happy, but I still want to be in my space. Just do my practice. But so, yeah. So I'm, yoga to you looks more like um, your awareness of the Yoga for me is do. a way of living and thinking mm. and being. Mm. Yoga is every, everything to me. So today, my biggest where I meet yoga the most is when I'm teaching. Because then I have to ask myself all of the uncomfortable questions. Because if I'm standing up there and someone in the back, they think there's no space, so they put their mat in a different direction, or someone is not following my directions, or someone else is chewing gum, like, mm, I can be super upset because I want it in my way. Like, I'm very set in my way <laughs> teaching. And all my students know that. But if there are other like, things that are distracting me or anything, like I'm like, okay, I have to ask myself in that situation, does it have to do with me? Is there something that's being triggered within me? Many times the, the answer is yes. There, Some, yeah. Sometimes no. Sometimes it's for the sake of the group. For example, if someone's moving faster than my count or something it's stressing the whole group and then it's my responsibility to like hold the group that's why I'm there as a teacher to give everyone an experience not for someone to overtake my class because I'm the leader of mm -hmm. the group so then I know okay this is not on me this is to protect the group but I still have to ask myself those questions because other days it might be me yeah so yeah so i think for me thinking being living yoga asana not so much hmm. this days at least you could change yeah again. yeah i yeah, don't know and i think it will change and anytime i go somewhere anytime i travel i make sure to practice because then i just i'm just me so i i love practicing but it just looks a little bit different mm. from like it's such a shift for me because that's how i got into it and that was my everything what I associated with the word yoga was physical. And I think that's has changed for me. Mm -hmm. At least now. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. um, and what about you then? Mm. Yeah, my practice has definitely changed from, you know, taking two, three classes a day mm -hmm. to maybe just practicing a little bit before bed. Mm -hmm. Some yin practice. Um, yeah, I, it started really, really physical for me as well because, again, I was, I started to notice the capability of my body and my physical potential. Um, so, 
and because of course I have to take care of my body since I have you know the accident then it was very essential for me then but also it's always for me as well has been I've been ever since I can remember I've been into the human psych like I want to understand people. I want to know what they do and why they do the things they do. I want to know their stories. And I think that's one of the reasons why I would study advertising mm-hmm. because I just want to know the mental process behind people's minds. Mm-hmm. So for me, yoga was like an experiment of my own psyche. And journaling started from the very beginning. Like I always had, I have so many journals. So for when I started yoga and starting to process and I like to go all in. Mm -hmm. So give me the dirt. (laughs) Like give me what hurts and I'll go all in. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that changed for me. Because back then I I have this, it's a self-destructive in a way. But it's like I would learn through pain. So I would push myself to the limits, not only my physical limits, but my emotional limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it not in a, I got to know that it was in a self-destructive way. Like the more it hurt, mm-hmm. the more I was like, oh, got it. Like I got the mm-hmm. lesson. But it, the lesson had to come through very tough teachers mm-hmm. that Otherwise, I wouldn't listen. I would just be like, nope, too easy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't believe in you. So, so you for, need to feel it. I need to feel it, yes. And that's one of the things that my, my teacher pointed out to me. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And I know I don't have the self-destructive thing. I know I don't push myself uh, because that's the only way to learn. But I did. Mm-hmm. So my practice has... The last, I'll say, two, three years has completely changed to find the yin, mm-hmm. to find my female part of me. Because I've been in the yang for so long, and that's all I know. My mm-hmm. culture is also like um, hard workers. Mm-hmm. You know, Latin American people are very hard workers, very young, very outspoken, you know. Um, so for me, and I think that the reason why, like moving to Sweden is to find my femininity, mm-hmm. to soften um, to know that we can learn also not or not only through through pain um, and through through physical. Mm-hmm. So it's changed in a way that I've softened my practice for sure. Um, I don't practice three to I mean not even sometimes I don't practice in a day. And mm-hmm. one of the things it's you mean practicing it, asana. Practicing asana, yeah. Because yeah. you do a lot of other practices every day. I do. Yeah. Um, but my asana practice has softened and even if I go to a class, now I know my left side mm-hmm. needs attention. Mm-hmm. My right side perhaps needs a little bit of push. Mm-hmm. So it has softened in a very, very beautiful way. And my meditation practice has, I mean, I started meditation about five years ago. And now, and it was, you know, something that I that I did and here and there, maybe before I came to, before the class started or after the class and I, I stayed a little bit longer for meditation. But today, meditation, that limb of yoga is my sanity. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot, I cannot, I would not be the same person. I would not show up to the world the same if I have not taken my time to do meditation. So meditation for me now, it's like the biggest practice. And I can sit mm-hmm. easily for an hour or mm-hmm. an hour and 10 minutes. Sometimes time just goes mm-hmm. and I'm just there. 
and then I, I like to do yin before going to bed and and I like to move my body so I like to go to classes but again we're when you become such a teacher and we're so busy these days that I don't I don't have like a daily practice that I go to classes all the time mm-hmm. but I am always connected to to my yoga in in so many different ways and in, in, in the way I meditate the way I show up to the world and and I have my mat next to my bed and it's always there. And mm-hmm. David and I usually, you know, before going to bed, he's like, it's my turn now and then my <laughs> turn. So we do a little bit of yoga before. And See, yeah. then you got what you wish for. I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it just came in different ways. It just came in different ways. Yeah. yeah. But I also like, you know, in some days I'm like, no, my body wants to move. Mm-hmm. So I go to the gym and then I come home and I do a full practice. And, and I like to practice my handstands and I like to still be, you know, very physical, knowing that that's not all there is. Yeah. And that if my practice doesn't look like that one day, doesn't mean that I'm not a, a yogi. It just means my practice didn't look like that that day. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> each all. day is different. Absolutely. But I think now when you talked about like pushing yourself and um just feeling everything but also pushing yourself so hard in different parts of life it brings up a topic that we usually get back to like discussing the two of us because it's something we might struggle with and i think a lot of other people do struggle with that is boundaries like Mm -hmm. boundaries with other people but maybe also boundaries with yourself my teacher and I just want to shout out to my teacher Les Leventhal I did his, his training in Bali and it, I mean if one of the things that pivoted my life was his training and he used to say you know because he he used to be an addict and he just has this crazy life so he can joke about it in a wonderful way that gets to you and he he used to say you know I used to be an addict and I used drugs but some people use yoga and they're yeah. addicts at yeah. yoga and they cannot live without their yoga so addiction comes in many forms. Yeah. I think I met many of those. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it became sort of a drug for me as well. Like that was, that's when I felt good when I was doing the yoga. But exactly. But then like the asana practice, like hardcore. But then when you can see the bigger picture, I think that's when you soften into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Boundaries. We'll, we'll have a separate pod talking about boundaries, but just tapping into that a little bit and since we're both yoga teachers sometimes it's hard like having those boundaries because you are as a yoga teacher you're always that even though if you have your jeans on or whatever you're still a yoga teacher so when you meet people to those people you're still their yoga teacher yeah and then having that boundary like okay i'm not working now but it's hard but I am keep... there. Yeah, yeah, I am a yoga teacher. Yes, exactly. It's a it's um it's a very fine line, I would say, um, because yeah, I mean, you are your own person. You're not yoga. I mean, you are, and it's, yeah, it's like such a, it's yeah. such a it's such a it's weird. Hard. You are, but you're not the yoga teacher. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting thing mm-hmm. to put it. And yeah, I think boundaries. You know, it has his all is its own topic. Mm-hmm. But boundaries about, I believe, about respecting what our practice is and not letting our students or the expectations of what they think we should be as yoga teachers get to us. And I think that's a boundary itself to know um, because I am a yoga teacher, I don't have to be this and that and fit into this. And then my students, you know, are not going to think differently if I'm not this or that mm-hmm. or, or whatever, just to know that 
my practice is what my practice is and 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 it evolves and it changes and it moves and mm -hmm. and that's okay and that's my boundary i think yeah. what do you think is your biggest strength as a yoga teacher well i would say just because i gotten so much feedback and it's funny because this morning I, i got this feedback again this whole week i've gotten the same feedback um with my students about my voice mm -hmm. about the strength of my voice that even that they can hear very clearly what i'm saying mm -hmm. and very like in a very nice tone without feeling like i'm yelling mm -hmm. or whispering or mm -hmm. that um there is this confidence in my voice that lets them lets them feel safe and connected and empowered without feeling like i'm yelling because i have very strong classes especially in vinyasa strong classes but without yelling mm -hmm. and i think that and i remember one one person that was through the teach training asked me about their voice because they were having challenges with it and i said well it depends where your voice comes from if your voice is coming from like trying to please other people or trying to say and do what you think you should do then that's not your voice there is a different voice that it takes time actually to get connected to that voice but when you find that voice is the inner voice so your feet are planted on the ground you are in the room you're holding the energy for people and you are talking to not only their physical body but you're talking to their minds and their spirits and that's a different way of talking that's a different voice mm -hmm. that takes time it takes i think it takes it takes a little while to get connected to that voice and it's like your authentic voice mm -hmm. when you can make a mistake and laugh about it mm -hmm. when you can just be like oh my god i totally just blew that and then that's okay when you can make jokes and you can beat yourself in the room that's your voice mm -hmm. so i think that would be my yeah. strength yeah Um, because I've heard so much about that yeah. these days. <laughs> since you've gotten feedback about <laughs> it too. So Sometimes it's different, like what you think and what other people experience. So Yes, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. What about yours? Um, I think it is that I, I see my students. Mm. Um, and I think I, had, I, oh, I never had a problem speaking in front of people. Like in school and things like that, if it was like a graduation or something, I would be the one like having the graduation speech or whatever it was. But so that wasn't a problem when I was in my teacher's training. So, but my teacher said, okay, you do this very well. You have a very powerful, like feminine voice, but very, very powerful. Um, but you're speaking to your students, not with them. I'm like, what? And I didn't get it. And so we did some kind of exercise. Like I, I was teaching and then she's like, okay, now you walk around in the room. I'm like, okay. So I kept teaching. She's like, now you walk around, you keep teaching, just go around, touch people. Like touch their backs. If they're in a forward fold, just put your hand on their back. You don't have to adjust them, but just like feel them. And then she stopped the class and everyone's in child's pose. And she's like, okay, did you hear the difference? Did you feel the difference? She asked the students and they're like, yes. I couldn't sense it at the time. But I think now, like, I see my students. And also since I'm teaching out of energy, like, I let energy lead. So I see that it just comes natural to me. I'm always present. 
100% present. You have to be present yeah. to do that. So I'm really there. And so I you're not just like telling them what to do, but you're with them in that process yeah. as they go. Yeah. Mm. So you're so talking with them. I'm talking with them. Yeah. Because their bodies respond to me. Like they're not talking to me with their words. Mm. So that's why I never come in with the set sequence. Because mm. that doesn't work for me. It's not like, it's not my way of doing it. So it goes against like what I can do. So, but it's, so that's very, very, no, I think I'm very present. And I'm also very real as of who I am as a yogi. And I even have a shirt where it says bad yogi. Because I'm like, okay, I'm just normal. Because <laughs> many times people ask me, they're like, okay, now I started this vegan diet. You know, I really want to become better at yoga. I'm like, okay, what did that have to do with your <laughs> vegan connected. diet? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, you know. And I remember one time, like, someone asked me, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed saying this, but me and my husband, we re really like having a glass of wine, like, on a Friday night, you know, what do you think about that? You know, I'm really <laughs> dedicated to this yoga thing. I'm like, what? You have to quit yoga if you... I'm like, oh, no, you're screwed, you're screwed. <laughs> you're screwed, you can never come back. Okay, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm never ashamed of who I am as a human being because that's to me, that to me is the same same person that I am like teaching yoga like I, I don't try to be anything that I'm not and okay. I'm which is so refreshing me. to hear yeah. and to come into a room with the with the teacher or the person where, I mean it doesn't have to be a yoga class and maybe it could be a, a, a talk or, or whatever yeah. but that person is just you know being there who they are just unapologetically um, themselves because you know they're in their journey they're doing their best and we are all doing our best even if we don't think we are within that resources that we have at the time we yeah. just do what we can and yeah that is the power and i think mystic home is that's like one of the things that we want to to promote and to shine a light on is like to share authentically who mm -hmm. you are and to be able to share authentically who you are there has to be this kind of deep understanding or even questioning of who you are what you like what you don't like um what are your skills what are you good at mm -hmm. uh, and then share that with the world yeah to to gift other people to see that to yeah. see you shine through because mm -hmm. then you can relate and for people i think it's so important for us to be able to relate to others and many times people feel alone and they, yeah. they're alone in their thoughts and their feelings and then as soon as you hear like, oh, I've experienced that as well. Or this is how I feel. What? Have you had a panic attack? Me too. Mm -hmm. it's like, what? Did you? I would never think. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. That's what makes you relatable. And that's what makes you human. And that's what makes you beautiful. Yeah. So fun, you guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We are so, so grateful for you and for your presence and your and your support, please leave us a review on iTunes to keep our word out there, to share our word with a broader audience, to be able to shine the light of being authentically ourselves and to also connect to our intuition and all the mystical things. Yes, and stay tuned and also feel free to write us a direct message on Instagram and... Yeah, just a hi when you get see connected. Us. Yes, absolutely. Have a wonderful day, you guys. Bye.
Thank you so much for turning into Misted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know your thoughts. Leave us a review and share it with your friends who might benefit from this conversation. 